listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Today's program is one of the most important programs that I have communicated to you in a long time, because on today's program, we're going to take a look at, we're going to examine the existence of science fiction-like, science fiction-like sciences and science fiction-like technologies that are not in the theoretical stage. They are in the operational phase. These technologies that used to be the stuff of science fiction novels when I was a kid, these technologies are not some hypothetical, theoretical technology that, that comes from a sci-fi novel in the future. These technologies are up and running in our world today. These technologies are operational in the world today. These technologies are being used by super powerful governments all over the world to accomplish objectives that they normally would not be able to accomplish if they had to go through the, the restrictions of, let's say, a democratic uh, process, if they had to go through the restrictions of uh, trying to get legislation passed or the restrictions of having Congress <clears throat> or senators or whatever approve the usage of these technologies. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. So what do I, what do I mean by that? And all this that I just talked about, it, it, it integrates perfectly like a puzzle piece of knowledge. At first, it may appear to be separate, individual-like puzzle pieces that that at first glance, don't seem to relate to the bigger picture. But when you examine them and you analyze them, you see that the individual puzzle pieces have absolutely everything to do with the larger picture. So let's start, first of all, with the, with the marriage battles of the Vietnam War in my early days of marriage, okay? All due to the fact that I received bad Bible teaching and I, I received this nonsensical teaching that you have to show your wife who's boss. You, grab, you have to grab her by the horns, show her who's boss. Uh, and that is a very primitive, demeaning, uh, uh, lifeless uh, understanding of biblical truth. And, and when you try, if, if that's your understanding of biblical truth, then you are going nowhere in your marriage because you're missing out on marriage being one of the most wonderful and awesome cosmic partnerships between two people. You're missing out on the super dynamic spiritual nature of marriage in which you and your wife are designed by God. You see, everybody wants from their marriage, what they're really looking for is a soulmate, at least women are. They're looking for a soulmate. So they're looking for, a man is looking for a woman, a woman is looking for a man that they can share everything with in a good sense. So that's, that's like a sacred, powerful sharing of things like physical intimacy, a, a, a rich and rewarding sexual relationship, uh, a communication which, in which you're not a slave. And he's not the boy. If your marriage is structured on the pyramidal corporate model, in which your husband is the 
is the uh, CEO in a pyramidical-shaped corporation, then you don't understand marriage at all. You're absolutely clueless, and you're in for a bad time. Marriage is about two people, a man and a woman. Now, I'm just going to just hyper-focus into the secret of marriage. We're going to dip in and dip out. But if you're not walking in the revelation and the supernatural understanding of all that marriage is, you're missing the boat, and you're going to be in misery. Okay? So, this is a plan that comes from the Word of God, and it benefits greatly men, and it benefits greatly women. So the way marriage is supposed to work is that it's a divine partnership. And the way marriage is supposed to work is that God created you as a man. Let's start with men. God created you as a man to be uh, in a servant-king relationship with your wife. Now, this, the, the truth that you have to grasp is that your authority as a man, as a husband, your authority as a man and a husband is derived directly to your willingness to obey God, your willingness to pick up your cross and follow Jesus, your willingness to uh, uh, submit to God, follow God, and your willingness to function as, as the spiritual head of the marriage relationship, but your accountability is always this. You function as the servant head in the marriage relationship, but that means that uh, you are functioning as a servant and a king within the parameters of being willing to be 100% sold out to your wife with the the kingdom of God identity as a servant king. So you are to function as the head of your marriage as a servant king, as a servant king. And that means you won't have a whole lot of fights regarding your wife rebelling from you or your wife's resistance to defer to you. That will diminish. Why? Because you're moving up into a higher plane of spiritual enlightenment. You're moving up into a higher plane of spiritual authority, where you're not having a power struggle like in the Vietnam War. You're having your your what God is conferring upon you is a supernatural spiritual authority. Your wife, listen to me very carefully. Your wife, or most wives, I should qualify that. Most most wives will delight in following you, delight in deferring to you, and delight in uh, submitting to you to the degree that you're willing to not lord it over your, your wife in some giant ego trip, but to the degree that you're willing to function as a servant king to your wife. Now, what this means in practical terms is that you don't go into the marriage relationship with these these you know macho ideas you know that I'm a man and that she has to obey every word that I say no you're partners the 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 caveat the the rule that God is establishing in your marriage is a kingdom principle the kingdom principle 
is an eternal principle. It transcends the petty fighting, the petty ego battles that so often go on in a marriage. So let's see what the Bible says, not what some weird, you know, aberrant, funky teaching says. Let's see what the Bible says about uh, following God, serving your wife in, in marriage. Let's see what the Bible says, and let's read what the Bible says. So if you want to have a supernatural marriage in which the supernatural blessing of God comes upon your marriage, and let's spell that out, okay? Let's not be ambiguous and tiptoe around the tulips. If you want to have a supernatural marriage, supernaturally blessed, if you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon your marriage, then the way you you, you go about that is you enter the marriage relationship with your wife with the intentionality of being a servant king to your wife, and she enters the marriage with the intentionality of being a servant queen to you. So this starts from the fundamental preset, and God wants you to get get a revelation of the fundamental precept of marriage. When that revelation is activated by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not living in some mundane, earthly relationship. You're, you're, you're walking and living like kings and queens in the marriage relationship. Your identity is not locked into this world system or, you know, what Kanye West is doing or, you know, whatever their names are, what they're doing, because their lives are a wreck. And, and, and don't be deceived for a minute. Their, their marriages are an absolute wreck because they're following false gods, and they're idolizing money and power and sex and everything else. And there's a price tag. It's not that God doesn't want you to have fun. It's not that God doesn't want your wife to be sexually attractive. He does. But God doesn't want your marriage to be stupid, mundane, and like something, you know, written by the cartoon channel. You understand what I'm saying? So, I'm going to read you here the power of God's Word to miraculously transform any marriage, and bring any marriage up, way up, into higher ground. And so let me read you what the Word of God says. And as you read what the Word of God says, you will transcend uh, the, the earthly programming, which is so trivial, so superficial, so, so mundane. And you will find, and you will discover your supernatural revelation of a soulmate, God will, you, you've prayed the prayer that you want a soulmate from God, and God will bring you a soulmate. He'll bring you a woman or a man in which you can have a deep, deep, intimate relationship with God on many levels. And when you enter into that soulmate relationship with Jesus as Lord, the sky is the limit, and there's no, and you know what? You won't even want you won't even want to get divorced because why would you want to get divorced when your when your marriage is heaven on earth? Why would you want to get divorced? You wouldn't want to get divorced. The reason people are tempted to get divorced is not because their marriage is heaven on earth; it's because their marriage is hell on earth. That's not why Christ came. Okay, so let me read you this. This is important to lay hold of this and to allow the Word of God to speak to you through the power of the Holy Spirit and impart into you 
revelation or supernatural knowledge. Okay? And this is one trip you, you don't want to miss. This is one trip that you definitely don't want to miss. This is, this is beyond, this is beyond awesomeness. Okay? Beyond awesomeness. So, what does it say here? What does it say in the Word of God regarding marriage? All right? So, let's read it and see what God says. So, God tells us things like walk in love. Well, how do you walk in love in a marriage? You deny your self-centered, egotistical uh, self. You deny that, and you choose to pick up your cross and follow Jesus, and you walk in love. Okay? Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and, and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be even named among you as fitting of the saints, neither filthiness, nor jealous, nor talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. So giving thanks as, as primitive as a principle that giving thanks implies, when you choose to give thanks to God for your marriage and for your wife or for your husband, even if you don't feel like it. Now, this is the, the critical principle. When you choose to give thanks to, to God for your husband and for your wife, even when you don't feel like it, you do it. Your worship is an act of sacrifice. You're, you're sacrificing to God and giving thanks to God for your wife. All right. And when you do that, the bitterness, the sniping, the, 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 the little nasty remarks that you fire at one another because of your displeasure, like uh, guys will often, you know, make snipey little snarky remarks about the weight of their wives. And wives will often make snarky and, and, and rude little remarks about the weight of their husbands. Well, speaking those snarky words to one another, what you're doing is you're entering a state of consciousness known as the curse. And when you're in a state of consciousness known as the curse, all you're doing is storing up animosity, bitterness, resentment, and you're vocalizing it and you're speaking it to your mate. And what this does is it it takes the kingdom principle and it it materializes the kingdom principle and it activates a far more powerful kingdom principle and this is the far more powerful kingdom principle that it activates the very thing that you don't want to happen will now become your newfound reality if you continue to sow a curse in your wife or your husband by speaking curses to them curses of negative expectation, curses of all kinds. If you speak negative curses to your wife, what will happen is, as you sow, so shall you reap. So you're speaking negative curses to your wife, and this, and this will cause you to sow a harvest of destruction, bitterness, and what you're doing, whether you realize it or not, 
is you're tearing apart, violently, you're tearing apart the psychological, spiritual foundation of your marriage. So instead of releasing yourself from a curse, you are solidifying the curse, and you are speaking death, destruction, and you are speaking the release of the death force in your marriage, and you're causing a whirlwind of destruction that is about ready to be reaped. And that is not what God has for you. Okay, so, walk in the light. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things are exposed, are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes uh, manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This is a supernatural transformation. This is when the dunamis dynamite power of God detonates in your inner temple, in your inner personality. The dunamis dynamite power of God will detonate and release the supernatural explosive force or the dynamite explosive force of Almighty God, it will detonate like dynamite in the inner chambers of your personality. And as it detonates, it will destroy, it will topple the strongholds that may go back generations. In fact, the strongholds may be generational curses. The strongholds will be detonated by you speaking the Word of God to one another. And you will unleash a spiritual revolution in your marriage relationship, which will topple the temporary rule of darkness in your marriage. It will topple the temporary rule of the principalities and powers in your marriage. And it will topple the strongholds in your marriage. And you will live to see victory on an unprecedented scale in your marriage relationship. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, and redeeming the time because the days are evil. That's happening to you now. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So as you sing and make melody, worshiping in your heart to the Lord, you are singing and worshiping to God, and you are literally in your song calling the rule of heaven down on the earth. In the same way, when you're in any environment, like a dead church or an evil place or a house bound by curses, when you're in any environment, in which the curses of Satan are prevailing, in which the curse is prevailing. When you're in any environment where the curse against God is prevailing, you can turn it around when you stand up and reach out your hands towards heaven, and you begin to out loud 
proclaim in faith the promises of God and declare that the promises of God are coming true in your life and that there's no power on earth or in heaven that can cause them to be blocked. And this is heavy and awesome stuff. Walk in wisdom. And we we read why it's important to walk in wisdom. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to the Lord, and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. So the crucial kingdom explosive revelation is that you and I are to speak to each other as as what we really are by faith. We are, in reality, the kings and queens of Almighty God. And we're to live in that and we're to walk in that. The kings and queens of Almighty God. And we need to continually praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord out loud, and we need to worship God in our households. We need to be make, make sure that we're filled with the Spirit, and we worship God in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that we're speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. When you do this, you're entering the zone of spiritual warfare. When you enter the zone of spiritual warfare and you're praising God out loud and you're worshiping God out loud and you're thanking God out loud, when you're doing those things, what happens is you're opening the windows of heaven and the supercharging power of the Holy Spirit is cracking and destroying and demolishing the works of darkness in your life. You and your wife are a man and a woman that is anointed powerfully by the Spirit of God. And as such, you are going to rejoice in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what else does it say? It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And this is powerful. And then it tells us in Ephesians 5, 18 to 19, you and I, if we're going to walk according to Jesus, we have to make the intention to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? We choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not filled with alcohol and drugs and depression and pain and generational curses. We're not filled with those things. We're filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And as we're filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit, the rivers of living water flow out of our inmost being, replenishing us with the supernatural life of the Lord. And as such, we walk in victory. So, in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 22, it says, Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also... This is powerful stuff. The husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, let just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the river, so let the wives be 
to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present to her himself a glorious church, the bride of Christ, the woman, God is a, a man of God, a true man of God is supposed to see his woman, not in a carnal put-down sense. You are to see your woman, you're to see your woman as who she really is in Christ Jesus. And as you choose by faith to, to see your woman as she really is in Christ Jesus, this will release the supernatural power of God in which your woman will now become supernaturally, she will become supernaturally the awesome, beautiful, tender, loving woman that, that you married when you first met her in Jesus Christ. And this will open the doorways to unprecedented blessing. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, uh, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands love, so husbands ought to love their wives as their own wives love their bodies. He who loves his wife, his wife loves himself. But no one ever hated his own flesh. So men, when you're tempted, or women, when you're tempted to hate your wife or hate your husband, when you're tempted to be disgusted with them, when you're tempted to be hypercritical towards them, when you're tempted to see them through the eyes of unbelief and not see them through the eyes of faith, when you're tempted to go astray in all these areas, you need to immediately grab hold of yourself, and you immediately need to obey the Word of God, where it can be said of you, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And he gave himself for her so that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. So your wife, men and your husband's women, they are supposed to, by the way you perceive them, by the way that you view them, they are supposed to rematerialize before your very eyes, and they are supposed to miraculously transform themselves, miraculously transform themselves into everything that God had in mind for them to be before the foundation of the world. And when you begin to practice the presence of the Lord, when you begin to see your wife by faith, and when you begin to believe that your wife is becoming the awesome woman and man of God that she was intended to be by faith, when you begin to enter into that covenant, and you see your wife 
being all that she was created to be by faith, what is going to happen, the same power, yes, the same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead, is the same power that will now be released in your lives, and there will be the dunamis, dynamite, explosive power of God, in which the dunamis, dynamite, explosive power of God will begin to supernaturally redeem, supernaturally restore, and supernaturally make anew your wife or your husband. They will be made anew on a supernatural download of power that is not available to people in this world, but yes, a thousand times yes, it is available to you. It is available to you that he might present her to himself a glorious church, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but without having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but they should be holy and without blemish. So the husbands ought to love their own lives as their own bodies. So so men, get this out of your head. You are no longer to be a man of the world, because a man of the world inevitably places yokes on his wife's behavior and joy and victory. God, listen to me, hear the word of the Lord to you right now. Hear the word of the Lord to you right now. God is commanding you right now to cease being a child of this present world system. You are to cease being a child of this present world system, and you are to walk by faith into the promised land of God, and you are to, by faith, begin to see yourself as a mighty man of God. You are to to begin to see yourself as a mighty man of God and as a, a conduit of the supernatural power of God. And as you do that, as you discipline yourself in faith to do that, God will, I promise you this, God will open up the heavenly resources. God will open up the dynamics of the kingdom of God. God will open up all these doors and levels of doorways and avenues of blessing. And what you will find in a relatively short period of time. This is what you will find in a relatively short period of time. You will discover firsthand that you are no longer a man or a woman of this present world system, but you have become, right now, in Christ Jesus, you have become a supernatural vessel who possesses the supernatural attributes of Almighty God, and you will begin to walk in the power, the glory, the majesty, and the faith of Almighty God. And as that happens, if you think that over your life there has been a, a, a dynamic of curses, if you think in your life that there's been a dynamic of curses and a dynamic of the carnal ways when your ancestors served Egypt, I'm here to tell you as your servant in the Lord Jesus Christ that the carnal ways of Egypt are being removed from your life right now in the name of Jesus. And you are now walking on higher ground. 
you are walking in higher ground. And so you're not to turn to the right or to the left. You're to turn and face the Lord, Je- Lord Jesus Christ. You're to possess the promises of God by faith, by supernatural faith. You're to possess the promises of God. And as you step out in faith and you begin to possess the promises of God, you are going to step by step walk in the supernatural power of God. And as you walk in the supernatural power of God, the Lord God Almighty, your Redeemer, the Lord God Almighty, your Redeemer, will send bunker busting bombs through the heavenlies to supercharge and dynamite away the strongholds, the habit patterns, the the habitual uh, and cyclical spiritual battles. The habitual and cyclical spiritual battles are going to be pulverized in your life by the literal bombardment of the kingdom of heaven and the literal bombardment of the kingdom of heaven that is obliterating and dynamiting uh, the captivity that you used to walk in. And the only thing I can say about that, because these promises are so marvelous, they're so wonderful, the only thing that I can say about that, and I'm saying it to you now, is the Lord, the Lord, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. You are no longer a, a child of this present day world system. You are no longer a child of this present day world system. You are a son and daughter of God. You are a priest of the Most High God. And as you walk under the anointing of the Lord as a son and daughter of the Most High God, the the infusion, the breakthrough of God's awesome and God's dynamic supernatural power will begin to hammer the oppression in the heavenlies. You are you are going to discover that you're not walking in the same arena that you used to walk in. You are now walking in the power of the supernatural heavenlies. And you are crying out to God and worshiping God in the power of the supernatural heavenlies. And as you worship God and as you call upon God, worshiping him in the supernatural heavenlies, God Almighty is raising himself up. God Almighty is raising up his angelic armies. God Almighty is raising up his promises in your life. And you are going to see a very quick word done in your life. The Lord is doing a work in your life which will seem as if it's an act of violence. It's an act of violence against the devil and the principalities and powers. God is dislodging and God is removing the former days of bondage and the former days of captivity. Those days are being eradicated and removed from the earth. And you are, you are to walk in newness of life. You are to walk in freshness of life. And as you praise God as your spiritual ancestors did, as you choose to praise God, as Joshua and Caleb and the others did, as you choose to praise God, as you choose to worship God, The Lord is going to open the windows of heaven for you specifically. 
And as the Lord opens the windows of heaven for you specifically, the windows of heaven will be opened supernaturally, and you will see what can only be described as the supernatural spiritual bombs, the supernatural spiritual uh, uh, weaponry uh, being downloaded from heaven, and you will begin to see and walk in an accumulation and an acceleration of the supernatural power of God. Now, as you do this, please hear me, as you do this, you're going to experience what can only be described as a quantum acceleration of the goodness, the blessing, the favor of God that is going to be that is going to accelerate right in the middle of your life. So you're going to experience a quantum acceleration right in the middle of your life where the old things pass away and all things become new. And as you walk step by step with faith in God, as you walk step by step, you are going to discover that as you're walking in obedience before the Most High God, you're going to discover that as you walk in obedience to the Most High God, you're going to discover that the Lord is doing a great and mighty work in in every area of your life. And the great and mighty work that the Lord is doing in every area of your life consists of a great and mighty work that the Lord is doing in the area of your finances, the area of your supply, the area of your abundance, the area of your breakthrough, the area of your multiplication, the area of of every dynamic. Everything that you encounter is an area that has been wounded by the evil one. It has been wounded by the enemy. And as you rise up and stand, and that's exactly what you're going to do, you're going to rise up and stand in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to rise up and stand in newness of life. You're going to rise up and stand in the supernatural power of God. And as you do this, and as you call upon God, as you praise God, as you overcome the evil one in the name of Jesus Christ, you are going to see the phenomenon known as you're going to move from victory to victory. That's right, I said it to you. You're going to move from victory to victory. You're going to move from mountaintop to mountaintop. And as you move from victory to victory, and as you move from mountaintop to mountaintop, the blessing of the Lord will be poured out upon you, your family, your children, your job, your finances, your community, your nation, and every feature of your life is going to be penetrated by the blessings of God. So, in summary, you're being brought to the place by God where all men in God eventually are brought to the same place. You're being brought to the place by God where you cannot see through your limited human wisdom, you can no longer see in your fleshly mind the possibility of incredible spiritual breakthrough and incredible spiritual blessing. That appears to be too difficult, but with God, all things are possible. This is Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. I need you to stand with me now. This is a spiritual battle. Help us spread this word, the word of life and the word of power. 
Visit paulmcguire.us and take a stand with us in this ministry. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Okay, once again, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. I want to pick up where we left off, but I want to jump into application. You know, for many years, what bothered me, and still does bother me, is that I would hear preaching and teaching and exposition from the Word of God. And to the degree that the teaching or the preaching or the exposition was built or rooted and grounded in accurately interpreting the Word of God, and primarily by that I mean that the worldview of the one teaching it was thoroughly grounded in a biblical worldview. Now, what we have today, sadly to say, in my lifetime and in many of your lifetimes, we have seen the digression from teaching and preaching based on the Word of God. And it wasn't all that great when I was first saved, because although many people, uh, and, and Dr. Francis Schaeffer was a huge, God used him as a massive, I don't know what, what word to describe it, just a massive instrument, spiritual instrument to sharpen me and shape me. In, in many critical areas, and these critical areas have been part of my walk with the Lord, and they are a central foundational uh, cornerstone to my ministry. So what I'm talking about, for example, is this. Dr. Francis Schaeffer stressed over and over and over again to the evangelical and the Bible-believing communities, and this is what, now, by now we're going 60 or 70 years ago, and he, he, he confronted them because they did not have a biblical worldview. So, in many cases, the people that he was addressing had a biblical worldview in the sense that they, they preached the message of salvation, and that man is sinful and separated from God and in need of a Savior, and that Savior can only be Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And that was an elemental, foundational precept that you wouldn't think that that would have to be even stressed. But even back then, in the glory days, so to speak, of the evangelical, uh, Bible-believing, charismatic, Pentecostal, whatever you want to call it, that those that claimed to be Bible-believing Christians were already massively going astray from the Word of God. And the primary area was that they no longer took the Word of God literally. They no longer interpreted the Word of God literally and at its plain meaning. And so they would attempt to artificially impose the, the uh, winds of fashion of the culture upon the Word of God. They would artificially impose uh, all kinds of things on the Word of God. So let, let me give you an example. There. And I'm going to name the guy's name. Uh, I think he's still alive, but I'm not sure. I've been on TV shows with his son, uh, uh, Dr. Robert Schuller. Now, first of all, Dr. Robert Schuller did many things that you could say were good. Dr. Robert Schuller did many things that one could classify as good and admirable. Primarily, what Dr. Prince, uh, Dr. Schuller did that was good and admirable is he made the preaching of the gospel applicable to tens of millions of people, although he, he uh, taught a diluted Word of God and a diluted, watered-down uh, gospel, 
on, on the good side is he made it bite-sized and manageable for millions of people, like businessmen and waitresses and business owners and all kinds of things. The, the positive thinking message that he promoted uh, was used by the Lord to heal people, to bring them closer to Jesus Christ. Now, that's fine. But the problem is that in doing that, in making, his, uh, in making the Bible applicable to, to ordinary people, which, which is important, but in the process of doing that, you know, there's often a place where a minister or a preacher or a Christian author or a Christian minister or whatever, their, their methodology is, is relatively transparent. They say to themselves, if I just stop preaching the hard stuff, if I just stop preaching the objectionable stuff, the stuff that people find offensive about the gospel, if I stop preaching th- that kind of stuff, then my books, my message, my TV shows, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, will reach millions and millions and millions of more people. And so there's a seduction going on. It's very subtle, but the minister, whether he realizes it or whether she realizes it or not, has made a trade-off in order to to gain a wider audience in order to gain a wider audience they and I, the god's their judge I'm not they they make a deal with the devil so to speak and again god's their judge I'm not so the point is though they uh water down the preaching of the gospel they uh dilute the preaching of the gospel and they turn the gospel they soften the gospel you see, the gospel, whether we want to admit it or not, the gospel of Jesus Christ, as it is preached in the Bible and it was preached by Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ ultimately will always lead to the following message, whether you like it or not. It inevitably leads to the following message, which is man is sinful. Man is sinful. Man is a fallen creature. Man has a sinful nature, and the only way a man or a woman can be saved from their sins is to put their faith in the saving message of Jesus Christ, which means you believe God, you put your faith in God and His Word to be saved, and then when you're saved, you must repent of your sins, both the the main sin, and people really, really mess this up. God is not, not God is not walking around with a yellow legal pad writing down a checklist of every minute sin you may or may not have committed. That's not the big issue with God. And you're missing the point if you think that it is. The main point with God is this. Every man or woman is a sinner and has a fallen nature because of what happened with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when they rejected the Word of God and they began to believe a lie. And the lie that was introduced is always the same lie in generation after generation. Lucifer tempted Eve, who tempted Adam. Lucifer tempted Eve first and told Eve, who then told Adam, that if they ate of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, that they would be as gods, and that God was essentially lying to them. God was holding out to to them. So Lucifer, who inhabited the serpent of old, said to them, uh, God, you know, it's, it, it, he lied. So he says it, it was perfectly okay that you eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. 
And essentially, God is lying to you. God's holding back from you something good and to be desired. So you, the devil says to them, you can eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden. Now, God had already specifically warned them that it was, it was, they would be cursed if they ate from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden. But the devil said to them, you won't be cursed if you eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden. You shall be as gods, knowing the difference between good and evil. So the spiritual seduction, the spiritual hook that the devil was seeking to implant in the heart and mind of Eve and Adam was the lie that if they, if they chose to eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden, that they wouldn't die. God was lying to them. They wouldn't die, but they would, uh, instead, they would become like gods. They would be gods. Now, this powerful, seductive promise, which is, which is still at work in the world today, is what motivates every demonically inspired teaching, every demonically inspired message, every demonically inspired philosophy. When it, when, when it gets right down to it, they're always bringing you to the place where, where Satan or Lucifer, the serpent of old, is seducing you to eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden with the lying promise that if you eat of the tr- fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden, you shall become God. You shall become like God. And you won't die. Now, that's a complete and utter lie. Because if you eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden, as we can tell from the historical record, Adam and Eve instantly died in the sense that that the nanosecond they disobeyed God and rejected his word, they instantly received the death force in them. They instantly died. And, and by that, I mean they instantly died eternally, and the death force uh, was activated in their body, mind, and spirit. The death force was fully activated in, in them, and they could feel it instantaneously. They could feel the death force begin to rob them of life. And so they were deceived. And then they were so deceived, they thought they would be like God. But they wouldn't be like God. The opposite happened. Not only did the devil lie to them, they, they, didn't, they were not like God. They were totally deceived. They, they died. They didn't get eternal life. And they, beca- they became fallen human beings. Fallen human beings in every aspect of life. Fallen human beings in the sense that they were now dying, the death force was in them, and they, they, their spirit man was ripped out of, of one dimension and plunged into the fallen world dimension where death and sin reigned. And so this is what happened. And Adam and Eve, instantaneously, they were ashamed. Instantaneously, they knew they were naked and they were ashamed. Instantaneously, they were vulnerable to everything that they were invulnerable to before, like they were vulnerable to sickness and disease, and they lost their, their, their supernatural immortality, and they, they lost their uh, supernatural authority to rule and reign over planet Earth like God's. Now, isn't that interesting? The very thing that God promised them, if they simply obeyed his word, the very thing that God promised them was the very thing that the devil lied about, and it was the very thing that the devil 
used to, to activate the law of sin and death. So they began to age. They began to get sick. They began to experience wars and rape and violence. And all the horrors of fallen man began to erupt out of their fallen personalities. And the human race, up until the present moment and up until the time that Jesus Christ returns, is under a curse. The, fu- the fundamental truth here is that the blessing of Almighty God was removed from Adam and Eve, and the curse or the death force was placed upon Adam and Eve. And they began to age, and they lost all their supernatural powers and their supernatural authority. Now, before they fell, they had all kinds of spiritual and supernatural authority. They could call forth fruit, and fruit would would be born from trees. They could call forth uh, the manifestation of any kind of supply, any kind of need. If they were sick, they could command sickness to, to leave their bodies. If they suffered from any kind of emotional, psychological, or mental oppression, including fear, they could take authority over the spirit of fear, bind it, and do the authority in their word, which was the same authority that Jesus Christ used as he walked about the earth. In the authority of his word, Adam and Eve exercised dominionship, and Adam and Eve functioned as kings and queens of planet Earth, and Adam and Eve functioned as the rulers of planet Earth. But when they fell, they lost all of these regal or royal authorities as the king and queen of planet Earth. So this led to the destruction of the human race. This allowed this act of disobedience allowed Adam and Eve to um, it allowed Adam and Eve to relinquish their authority and their spiritual victory over the earth and over everything, and it opened a door in the invisible realm for the serpent of old or Satan to come into planet Earth, and because of the disobedience, Satan became the temporary god of this world. Satan began to rule and reign over planet Earth, and Satan began to rule and reign over every creature on planet Earth. And the reason that Satan could rule and reign over every creature on planet Earth was that um, they had allowed the death force to come inside of them, and they became, in a sense, defective. They became only a fraction of what they were previously. And this is the fall of man. So everything, every problem on planet Earth, including the fact that here on planet Earth, Satan is ruling and reigning over all mankind, over the nations, over the fallen angels. And Satan is literally in the process of waging an all-out war against Adam and Eve. And Satan is now the temporary god of this world. And Satan uh, is the temporary ruler of this world. And so he becomes the counterfeit god of planet Earth. And he rules and reigns planet Earth in a temporary sense. Now, that's an untenable position for the biblical god of the universe, the Creator, capital C. God created planet Earth specifically so that Adam and Eve would rule and reign over planet Earth. Adam and Eve, uh, God created planet Earth so that Adam and Eve could enjoy planet Earth, enjoy each other. And planet Earth, from the very beginning, was designed to be an immortal paradise for Adam and Eve. 
planet Earth was designed to be uh, a world in which Adam and Eve were the rulers of planet Earth, and Adam and Eve uh, were given by God the spiritual authority to rule and reign over planet Earth. Adam and Eve became the God and God King and uh, Goddess Queen of planet Earth, and they had the supernatural authority to back it up. Now, we have lived in this fallen world going back thousands and thousands of years. We live in a fallen world, and right now, Lucifer, Satan, and all the fallen angels, those are all the angels that chose to follow um, Lucifer in rebellion against the lordship of God. So all these fallen angels, like the, uh, the fallen angels, the demons, the territorial spirits, all the fallen angels of various rankings are now ruling and reigning over planet Earth, and they are engaged in a spiritual warfare against God. And one-third of the fallen angel angels are organized and in rebellion from God, and they're leading a coup d'etat or a revolution against the rule of God, in which they intend Satan intends, with the help of his fallen angels and his supernatural knowledge, Satan intends to dethrone God. Satan intends to install himself on the throne of God. Satan intends to use the angels, the demons, and eventually the Antichrist and the false prophet, and all those that are in the process of engaging in a revolution against God. Satan is enlisting all of these spirit, these fallen spiritual beings to take over planet Earth. Satan plans to, to seat himself upon a throne, the throne of God, in the throne room of God. And Satan intends to become the god of this world, and Satan intends to rule and reign planet Earth along with the fallen angels, all men and women who choose to, to follow Satan. They're all going to conspire and create a counterfeit heaven on earth and a counterfeit world and a counterfeit paradise, and, and ultimately they are going to create counterfeit eternal life. And the way this is going to be done, and this is what we have to understand, because right now we are in the very epicenter of the spiritual battle. The primary way in which this is done is Satan is going to use fallen angels the men and women who have received the mark of the beast, the men and women who have received the, the new genetic code modeled after Satan. They're going to uh, conquer, attempt to conquer mankind. And Satan believes and has instilled this delusionary belief in, in the fallen angels and the fallen human beings. Satan is in the process of making himself to be worshipped as God in the throne room of God. And so Satan is building a complete counterfeit to the kingdom of God right here on planet Earth right now. And this complete counterfeit of the kingdom of God consists of um, a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world economic system, formerly called the New World Order and, and first established at Mystery Babylon in ancient Babylon. And then, at the end of the age, and we're generally speaking in that time period known as the end of the age, 
at the end of the age, there will be a formal unification of the world into a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world economic system. That's where Satan will rule and reign. And we have to remember that the reason that the fallen angels and Satan have so many abilities and so much so much advanced technological knowledge and advanced scientific knowledge and advanced knowledge of all kinds is because Satan or Lucifer is a is a too, truly genius-like supernatural being who has an enormous depth of understanding into the way the world really works. And so Satan has the supernatural abilities and the supernatural intelligence, and he has passed it on to his fallen angels and the demons. And that's why when, when the demons visit the earth, when, when Satan visits the earth, when the fallen angels visit the earth, what inevitably happens is Satan commands his fallen angels and the demons to give mankind all kinds of highly advanced technology, all kinds of highly advanced uh, sciences, and and the way Satan perceives reality is is in the following way. In in Satan's perception of reality, things like science, technology, mathematics, physics, knowledge, occult knowledge, power, all of these things are connected to one another. And in the perception and mindset of Satan, there is no distinction, there's no separation between the supernatural knowledge, psychic power, and supernatural power of the fallen angels, and the uh, and things like science, technology, and physics. They're all one category. So when the fallen angels descended upon Mount Hermon, they brought with them all kinds of highly advanced technology, sciences, occult sciences, etc., etc. And where this will culminate is Satan's final showdown with God, is the establishment of the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is nothing more than what was formerly called the New World Order. And since Satan wants to be worshipped as God, the only way Satan can be worshipped as God is he has to stamp out the existence of God. And the way he stamps out the existence of God is he has fallen angels and non-human entities that have non-human or synthetic DNA. They begin to mate with human women or human women begin to mate with off-world creatures and off-world entities for the purpose of creating a race of synthetic human beings, synths, synthetic human beings who can never be saved ever. They can never, ever be saved because the only people, according to God and his word, that can be saved are those entities, those beings that are 100% genetically real human beings. So. Only real human beings can be saved. Any creature, any entity, any being that possesses non-human DNA cannot be saved. They cannot have their sins forgiven. They cannot be born again. They cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. They cannot uh, have the Spirit of God in them. Why? Because in their genetic code, in their genetic code and in their DNA, their DNA and their genetic code 
testifies to the fact that these entities and beings are 100% non-human beings, and their DNA is a hybrid mixture of human-female DNA and non-human fallen angel DNA. And the composition between non-human DNA and fallen angel DNA and human-female DNA, what, what happens when you mix together those genetic codes, you come up with an entity or a being that is completely non-human. And that is the ultimate plan of Satan. So the ultimate driving force of Satan, the ultimate battle plan of Satan, is to rewire, reconfigure the DNA of every being and entity on planet Earth so that the only entities or beings left on planet Earth are those beings and entities that have fully non-human DNA or a non-human genetic code. And this, this can be done many ways, through transhumanism, where you have man function as God and man begins to create creatures that have non-human DNA. You have soulless robots, soulless androids, soulless entities of all kinds that, that have their soulless. And they, uh, they, co- they completely have non-human DNA, or a hybrid mixture of fallen angels and uh, human-female DNA, which equates to non-human DNA. And the result of all these millions of creatures now populating planet Earth, including artificially intelligent technological creatures, uh, artificially intelligent uh, creatures of all kinds, they are taking form and they are designed by their human and demonic creators with the ability to self-evolve. And that means even though they're soulless, and why are they soulless? Because only an individual that is created in the image of God with uh, the DNA of God and the genetic code of God, such as a human being, it is only human beings and beings that have the genetic code of God that have the ability to be saved, to be forgiven, to to be born again, and receive, and only human beings with real human DNA have the capacity to be saved, to be born again, and to receive Jesus Christ and live forever in eternity and become eternal beings, because the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ, lives inside them, and because their genetic code testifies to the fact that they're fully human. So we're in the middle of a genetic war, a biological war, a supernatural war, and a spiritual war of unprecedented proportions. And it is vital at this time in the history of mankind, it is imperative that all Christians, the supernatural body of Christ, and all living creatures and entities. Every person, every creature, we're in, a, we're in a time period and a time zone when each of us are, are being called upon by God to make a choice, and we either choose to be forgiven of our sins by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, or we choose to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and become born again by the Spirit of God, where Jesus lives inside of us. And when we do that, and we, when we make that choice, which is also known as faith, 
when we make that choice, we instantaneously become beings, human beings, new, but not just regular human beings. We become the new creatures in Christ Jesus. We become the new creatures in Christ Jesus. So we are not what we used to be. We are now the new creatures in Christ Jesus, and we are creatures that have been given the gift of eternal life by the Supreme Being. And we are the inhabitants as new creatures. We will rule and reign with Jesus Christ for all eternity, and we will rule and reign with Jesus Christ in the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. We will become immortal in that we will have the same abilities as Adam and Eve and more. We will live forever. We will have all kinds of supernatural powers and supernatural longevity, and we won't get sick, and we'll have, we will rule and reign planet Earth. Planet Earth will be returned to its state as um, paradise. Planet Earth will be very much like the Garden of Eden, along with the New Jerusalem, the New Earth, and the New Heaven. And all of this will happen in the twinkling of an eye. And, and before you know it, before you know it, one day, you and I will literally dissolve from this reality, and we will instantaneously appear before Jesus Christ individually. We will instantaneously appear before Jesus Christ, and we will have brand new, glorified, perfect, and immortal bodies. And we will be the eternal beings we were created to be. And not only that, as joint heirs with Jesus Christ, we are heavenly beings that have been created by God to rule and reign planet Earth and the world forever and ever, for all eternity. We will rule and reign. And, like Adam and Eve, they ruled and reigned planet Earth. They were the king and queen of planet Earth. And so we have been given the spiritual gifting and authority to rule and reign over planet Earth in our brand new glorified supernatural bodies that are perfect in every possible conceivable way. Our bodies will be perfect. And so we're on the threshold of that. The day will come quickly, and I want you to mark my words. You're listening to Paul McGuire on the Paul McGuire Report. One day, perhaps while you're listening to this program, the Paul McGuire Report, one day, in, in a flash, you will be doing something. You'll be sitting somewhere. You'll be doing something. And then, and then one day, without an announcement of any kind, one day, in a flash of light, you will disappear from this earth physical realm. You will disappear from the earth physical realm in the flash of light. And for a moment, for a nanosecond, in the transition, you will be dead. So in a nanosecond, you're going to disappear from this world. In the nanosecond, you will be dead. And in the same nanosecond, you will come back to life, but you will come back with eternal life. And you will be, in that same nanosecond, an eternal being, an immortal being. And you will rule and reign planet Earth, the Garden of Eden, paradise, and and God's creation. You will be a king and queen of planet Earth. You will have a throne with your name on it. You will be a joint heir with Jesus Christ, 
and you will rule and reign with Jesus Christ for all eternity. And in addition to that, you will receive a supernatural inheritance that is so magnificent, that is so glorious. This is an inheritance that that normally only a, a very rich king could acquire, and only a very rich king could pass on the massive amount of value of this inheritance to his offspring, like his son and daughters. Because to try to describe the the endless and infinite nature of this inheritance is next to impossible. So you will receive a brand new immortal body. And as a joint heir with Jesus Christ, you are going to share in the same infinite inheritance that Jesus Christ is going to receive and share in. Jesus Christ is going to get and receive the same infinite inheritance that has been gifted to him by his heavenly Father. It's an inheritance that is infinite in value. And so God the Father is going to pass on that infinite inheritance to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then in turn the Lord Jesus Christ is going to pass on that infinite inheritance to you and I, who legally are joint heirs with Jesus. You and I are joint heirs with Jesus, destined before the beginning of the world, destined before the foundation of the earth, to be the divine recipients as the qualified sons and daughters of God of an infinite inheritance, immortal life, the rulership over planet earth, and we will receive, in terms of infinite gifting, the, the wondrous and awesome uh, amount of value of this inheritance, but we will also receive our brand new glorified bodies, and we will receive our supernatural authority as new creatures in Christ Jesus, who are the new kings and the new queens of planet Earth. And so this great, great reset won't even be a memory in our minds. And if God was, would, would ever give us the ability to envision the Great Reset, if God ever decided, and I don't think he will, because the Great Reset will be literally hell on earth. It's a counterfeit of heaven, and the Great Reset will literally be hell on earth. But if for a moment God gave us, let's say, a nanosecond ability to envision what the Great Reset is going to really look like once you strip away all the lies and delusions that were spelled out by Satan. The Great Reset will be the equivalent of walking down the streets of one of the worst crime-infested ghettos on planet Earth. And as you're walking down this ghetto street on planet Earth, let's just choose the worst ghetto on planet Earth, your eyes observe the unspeakable horrors of a fallen world in which sex trafficking, brutality, cruelty, drug addiction, gangs, murder, witchcraft, the occult, Satanism, terrors upon terrors, wars upon wars, disease outbreaks, and every conceivable horror and every conceivable torturous event will be completely unleashed upon this ultra-ghetto created by the global elite that they call the Great Reset. So when you finally get to see the truth and the illusion is dispelled from your eyes, when you finally get to see the truth, 
with your eyes that have restored spiritual vision. When you finally see the truth, you are going to see streets of unending pain, streets of unending tears and anguish, streets with unlimited disease and infections and crime and sex trafficking and cruel, cruelty and murder and the delight of murder and the delight of evil and those that worship Satan and those that reconfigure the genetic code deforming, enslaving, and reducing God's primary creation, his joy, that the crown of God's creation are men and women that have the DNA of God, but the DNA of God will literally be vacuumed out of existence. And all you will have left is deformed creatures. You will see with your eyes, maybe just for a nanosecond, I don't know if God will allow it, I really don't know, but you will see for a nanosecond the absolute nightmare and horror of the endless lies that Lucifer and the fallen angels and these wicked men and women and Satan tell this great spiritual deception that they call the Great Reset. You will see it for what it really is, a horror show of unbelievable proportions, something so horrible that you're, when you merely look at it with a passing glance, merely looking at it with a passing glance will instantly produce or register in your inner man or woman a total defilement of your personality on the level of a massive earthquake in which everything good and everything righteous and everything pure and everything holy and everything of God is sucked into the bowels of the earth where some people say hell is. And you will see with your eyes just how massive a lie Mystery Babylon was, and why Mystery Babylon has been called from the beginning the great whore or the great harlot. This agonizingly disgusting and repugnant and reptilian world, you'll be able to see it without all its razzle-dazzle. You will be able to see it without, without all its uh, smoke and mirrors and projected illusion. You see, right now, you live in a, an occult, technological matrix or a simulated reality or world brain that is being cosmically generated with Luciferian power, and it's generating a total illusion in which your eyes think that evil is good and good is evil. And it's a horror beyond anything that's horrible. It's something that's so hideous I have no words for it. But for a moment, for a nanosecond, if the Lord allows it, and I'm sure I'm not sure he'll allow us to see it, you will see through the great delusion and the great deception, the hideous nature of this horror. What the, the people that look so handsome in this physical world reality, the women that look so beautiful in this physical world reality, the people who had the ability to cast spells on people and charm people, the things that you once thought were beautiful, you will now see in the new light, which is the new light that reveals their horrific ugliness and an evil that is so great and so ominous that, that when you look at it, you feel the weight of an oppression that is an infinite amount of pounds 
an oppression so great that it consists of an infinite amount of pounds of weight, and it all presses down you, down upon you. And when this infinite demoralization of weight, this, the shattering of the illusion comes down upon you, you your, your body, soul, and spirit is overcome and overwhelmed with anxiety, depression, uh, depression uh, ominous thoughts, fear, uh, angst, total and perpetual unrest forever and ever. And so, as I said, I'm not sure God will even allow you to see this, because I have a sense that if we, any of us were to actually look at this world that we live in, in which we think it has so much grandeur, but in reality, it is horrific beyond belief. If God was allow us to see this world for what it really is, it would vaporize our inner man, our inner woman, and our soul. We would become so instantly defiled, we would become so contaminated with evil, that we would no longer be able to exist in this environment. We would disintegrate and dissolve. Because ultimately, as fallen creatures who, have, who, have, who are living in a satanic world, we will disintegrate and dissolve. That's the final, the final part of the matrix known as this fallen world. I'm Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit the Paul McGuire Report. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And spread this word. Help us finance with your donations. Pray for us. Help us spread the message of God's love, his light, and truth far and wide. God bless you. I'm Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Mm-hmm.